movies at this. This is where the fun begins. Take a seat. Hey there, guys, and welcome back to the Jedi Dragon Podcast, Episode 4. We are your newest source for in-depth discussion, news, and analysis of all things Star Wars. We are a podcast by Star Wars fans for Star Wars fans. My name is Jedi Master OB, and I first experienced the franchise through LEGO Star Wars. And this right here is Jedi Master Jeff, the boy who faced Darth Maul at Disney World and lived to tell the tale. Jeff, tell the people how you're doing today. I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling rested, rejuvenated, uh, in touch with the Force. I've had a lot of time to... Relax at home, really dive into all my favorite Star Wars games, books, movies, what have you, with all that's going on in the uh, scary old world out there. There's How about yourself? You know, yeah, man, I'm hanging in there. You know, it's it's um, been an interesting couple of weeks. I know you and I were off two weeks ago for spring break. I know we hung out then, went to the comic book shop up in Reading, Massachusetts. Um, you know, I got some really cool comics up there, and then I came home. And then it seemed like the entire world seemed to start falling apart on us. You're exactly right. You know, I got home and all these cases of this new coronavirus are just popping up. Um, and we're, we, you know, we try to be a very positive, um, very positive, uplifting podcast here at the Jedi Jargon Podcast. Um, so we'll kind of, we'll kind of skip over that. But, but in the meantime, you know, what have you been doing um, to, to to retain your sanity and to stay upbeat in these troubled times? So I've been doing great. Um... You know, for those of you who know me, I'm something of an introvert. So I've been thriving uh, at home, relaxing, uh, just taking the time for self-care, you know, relaxation, meditation. Like I said, uh, really diving into my favorite, um, you know, video games, you know, Star Wars content. Uh, I've finally had some time to just really get into some more Clone Wars. Uh, I'm reading... Dooku Jedi Lost, uh, a play by Kevin Scott. It's fantastic. It really gives you a full picture of Count Dooku's origin. Um, highly, highly recommend, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that in the future. Uh, but yeah, I've been fantastic. How about how about you, Jedi Master Obi? Yeah, man, I have been doing kind of the same thing. Uh, doing a lot, doing a lot of reading. Um, you know, finishing up my applications to law school, getting that done right now. Um, but as for Star Wars content, I've been reading a whole heck of a lot. Uh, reading comic books, reading some novels. I actually, last week, I finished up the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge comic series, which was excellent. I uh, highly recommend that to anybody. Uh, it was a tie-in to the theme park at Disney World. So yeah, I finished that comic, uh, and I also finally finished uh, the Force Awakens novelization, and that kind of took me probably about three weeks to read it. Um, you know, there had been a lot going on, was very busy. Um, but also the, the story, you know, I think it's because I knew the story, it was a little tougher to read. Um, and, and the, and just the way the author wrote the story wasn't particularly to my liking. Um, but then I finished that and I got into the last Jedi novelization and that's been going a lot smoother. Uh, like you have also been reading, uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, hoping to finish that up pretty soon. Um, lastly, I actually, I know you and I talked about this. So, so listeners, Jeff and I have been planning a trip to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge later this year, um, and those plans have unfortunately been put on hold due to the coronavirus outbreak. Um, but I couldn't wait any longer, so I actually went on eBay, and I ordered a deck of Sabacc cards uh, from this eBay seller, uh, which were from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Now, for those of you that don't know, Sabacc is the game in the Star Wars universe that's played 
by Han Solo, Lando Calrissian, and it's the game that Han actually plays to win the Falcon from Lando in the Solo movie. Um, so I got the, that, that, that deck of cards in the mail last week. I've been really looking forward to playing with somebody, um, but unfortunately, you know, during this time with social distancing, you know, it's kind of hard to find someone to play with. Uh, but actually, last night, my, my good friend Henry um, was over. You know, we're maintaining our, our distance, you know, washing our hands and everything. Um, but we actually <laughs> played... Course. Exactly, yes. Uh, we actually played Sabacc last night. Um, and it was pretty fun. Um, we played a couple rounds, um, you know, initially, initially confusing at first, but we ended up getting the hang of it. Uh, and I actually have Henry here right now. He's been hanging out. Um, if, if we can talk to him a little bit about, about how he, what he thought about the game. Yeah, of course. All right. Hey, everyone. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Matt. How's it so, going, Hank? The first time I guess I was introduced to Sabacc was obviously um, when I watched uh, Solo, was it? Was that the first time it was introduced, or was it introduced in the movie before that? That was the first so, time I realized that it was. Yeah. Uh, it's the first time it was named. Okay. Gotcha. Really? Uh, like, we've seen characters play it in the background of cantinas and bars throughout right, right. different movies, but that's the first time it was really named. Yeah, yeah. So, as you can tell, I'm kind of more of a, a casual Star Wars fan compared to you guys. Um, <laughs> I grew up with um, the franchise, um, loved every second of it, probably watched all of the movies you know, countless times. Um, but it was super, super interesting actually getting to play the game uh, that they played in the movies. So it was confusing at first. Um, Matt, do you want to explain the rules a little bit before I get into it? Sure. So the point of Sabacc, it's kind of similar to Blackjack, um, but the object of the game is, as opposed to getting to 21, you try to get to zero. Um, so, so there are positive cards and there are negative cards. Um, and the way that it works is there's a dealer and there are other players. And the dealer is kind of like a dealer player. Um, so you have each player is given two cards at the beginning. There's a draw pile and there is a discard pile. And each player looks at their two cards. And the person who is to the left of the dealer, so the two of us were playing last night, so Henry went first. And okay. he could either um, draw a card off the pile off the off the draw pile so like like, like a, he could draw a fresh card um he could swap one of his cards for the up, upward facing card on the top of the draw of the discard pile or he could do nothing or he could also you know just just drop his hand um so after you do that three times each player does that three times and then the dealer rolls the sabak dice and if the faces on the sabak dice are matching every player has to drop their cards and start again with the same number of cards they dropped with a fresh um, set of cards. Yeah, so the funny thing is these cards obviously had special symbols on them as they are from the Star Wars universe. Um, so it's not like getting a regular deck of cards where you have the faces and the numbers. You have to actually look at the directions at first to figure out what your cards mean, what number they are, negative or positive. And to make it easy... Um, the symbols usually equate to the number that the card is. Um, and then you have, you know, red is negative, green is positive. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, Jeff, and Matt already knows this. I suck at yeah. the game. Uh, oh, yeah? I, I, I was not good at it. But, you know... Did I, you have fun at least? Oh, it was so much fun. And it oh, was definitely something different. Um, because when you're playing any of these games that we grew up playing with a regular deck of cards, it gets old after a while. And right. this was really something new. It was really something fun. And I feel like uh, if I played a couple more times, get to know the cards off the top of my head instead of 
um, you know, having to look at the, the directions for it. Right. Um, and maybe, you know, once this whole social distancing quarantine thing ends, uh, get a couple more people involved. I feel like it's going to be extremely fun. And, you know, as, as we've seen in the movies, uh, it's uh, probably a lot of fun in large groups. Yeah, large groups, maybe maybe some gambling involved. You know, I don't know if you wanted to put your Corellian freighter on the line, Henry. Uh, yeah, actually, I have one at home. So, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, if you want to gamble on it, um, I'm down anytime, Jeff. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I could use a freighter myself. So, yeah, it's pretty uh, nice. It's not that I'd old, be down. Yeah. <laughs> okay, man. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much, Henry, for coming on the pod. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. I know last night um, you were telling me that we should do a, uh, a segment, a recurring segment that we might actually end up doing um, that you that you called Explain It to Hank, where we're going to take, um, we're going to have you back on the show and you'll ask us like the basic questions about Star Wars lore and we're just going to explain it, explain it to Hank. So yeah, yeah I feel no, like that, that could be, be beneficial awesome. for everyone. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I probably need to deep dive into you know, watch the movies, uh, pretty surface level, find them entertaining. Um, but some of the stuff that you guys go over is sometimes mind blowing, um, to be completely honest. And I definitely, you know, probably need some explaining. So I think that would be great. That's why we're here. You are welcome back anytime, my friend. Thanks guys. All right. Big thanks to Henry Marshall, who joins us on the podcast via Skype. So Let's get into the topic of discussion for today. I know, Jeff, you were really excited to get into this topic just as much as I am, and that is Mandalorian Season 2. There's a lot of news going around right now. Uh, I would like personally to get into what's on all of our minds right now. I am beyond excited about this news. Uh, In the last year, I've first I got into Rebels, and now I'm really getting into the weeds of Clone Wars. And Ahsoka really has become probably, she's definitely in my top three. Uh, favorite Star Wars characters as of right now. I would say she probably it's probably between Ahsoka and Anakin, my top two. Really? Oscillating. Yeah, right now. Like she is, her arc is so fascinating to me. The way we've, you know, we haven't seen many characters evolve as fully as we've seen Ahsoka. Um, Really, Anakin, when you think about it. Because we saw Ahsoka go from this seemingly one-dimensional little girl, Padawan, to a Jedi who was you know, rebellious, who was questioning of the teachings of the Order, uh, to now, you know, to in Rebels, a, a sort of gray Jedi, you know, a, someone who wasn't officially... Uh, affiliated with the Jedi Order, but uh, 
And by the end, I'm not going to get into any spoilers for those of you who haven't seen Rebels, but when you get to the end of that, it's some fascinating stuff. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exciting so, though, man. So this was first reported by Slash Film earlier in the week. Um, yeah. Let me just read a little bit from it. Uh, sure. So uh, we now know that Dave Filoni is coming back for the second season of Mandalorian. Um, they reached out to Lucasfilm to request a statement from the company or Dave Filoni, but received no response. Slash Film has been chasing this scoop for a month now, and have reached out to Rosario's reps, who also didn't respond. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll quote here from the uh, post on SlashFilm.com. This is a fan casting dream come, through, come true. In 2017, a fan tweeted at Rosario Dawson, asking her to appear in a Star Wars movie as Ahsoka. And the actress responded, um, yes, please, hashtag Ahsoka lives. Uh, this tweet spurred groups of fans to campaign for her to play the, for the role. Dawson was later asked about the fan campaign while appearing on Good Morning America, and she commented that it would be amazing. So that's from Slash Film. That kind of blew up Star Wars Twitter this week. Um, and everyone oh, yeah. is very excited. There haven't been any confirmations about this news, um, but there also haven't been any denials. So it is more likely than not um, that Rosario Dawson will be playing Ahsoka Tano in season two of The Mandalorian. What we do know is that former slash current Ahsoka Tano, Ashley Eckstein, will not be playing her, uh, which I have mixed feelings about. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, I'm excited for, for Dawson to be playing this character that we all love so much, but I really do love Ashley's performance um, of Ahsoka Tano in both Rebels and Clone Wars. And I think at the very least, um, she should dub the voice because it'll, it'll be really weird having someone completely different um, as the voice of Ahsoka Tano. I understand that argument, and I'm right there with you. Ashley has given us a fantastic, fantastic uh, voice and personality for Ahsoka. It's definitive. I mean, she she is the she's responsible in part for bringing Ahsoka to life. So to hear someone else's voice as the character would be jarring to be sure but if we look at Rosario I mean her likeness is it's uncanny it's uncanny really you know like there would they wouldn't have to do too much work to get her looking exactly like Ahsoka uh, as we see her in Rebels let's say the age is right there i mean rosario dawson is currently 40 years old and if you do the math by the end of rebels you know around the time of mandalorian five years after return of the jedi she probably is in her 40s so it it all lines up her age is perfect her likeness is right there like we said and it'll be really interesting to see the direction in which they take ahsoka for season two Will she be incorporated at the very beginning? Please do that. Please do that. I want her in the entire season. Or is she going to be something, uh, a character that is kind of the end game for their arc of this season? Because, and spoilers, for season one of should Mando. We, should we sound the spoiler yes. klaxon? I think we might have to. All right. We're going to have to, for the first time in the Jedi Dragon podcast, we're going to sound the spoiler klaxon. 
been warned. So, at the end of season one, Mando and Baby Yoda are... The Okay, at the end of season one of Mando, Mando and Baby Yoda are set out for an adventure to find another Jedi to teach Baby Yoda the ways of the Force. The smith in the uh, the Mandalorian hideout there, the... Covert. What was it called again, Obi? It was the, the Mandalorian Covert. The Covert. The armorer tells Mando uh, that Baby Yoda is in fact a young Force user, uh, a Jedi, a a clan of sorcerers, as they called them, that at one time did in fact fight the Mandalorian people. And it was so hilarious to hear Mando actually say, like, the line, I believe, was, I have to take the child to a clan of enemy sorcerers? Are you kidding me? Like it was something along those lines. But his new directive is clear. The child needs to learn the ways of the Force. And if all of these rumors are true, which I pray they are, it's looking like none other than Ahsoka Tano will be his teacher. I couldn't be happier about that, man. I really couldn't. She, like I said, is you know, one of my favorite, if not my favorite Star Wars character currently. And to see her, of all people, teach Baby Yoda the ways of the Force. There's just so much, so much potential there. I could not agree more. Um, I actually recently finished my Clone Wars rewatch through. Um, it, took me, it took me a little longer than I would have liked, but just watching it again, man, just seeing Ahsoka in action, it, it had been a while for me. Um, and then I, you know, hearing this news that she very well might be in season two of The Mandalorian. Dude, she is one of the best written Star Wars characters. They have given her such a good treatment thus far. Um, and it's going to be so exciting. It's going to be so exciting to see her in season two. Um, if I may just pull a quote from a Tech Radar piece on Mandalorian season two. Sure. Sure. So it says here that the Mandalorian season two will likely focus on the search for his home for his homeworld, his referring to Baby Yoda or the child, as the finale to season one suggests. We'll also see, quote, major, major, epic, epic lightsaber action, end quote, according to Giancarlo Esposito, who will return as the darksaber wielding Moth Gideon. We may also see Skywalker favorites if the rumors floating around bear fruit. And it's looking like Ahsoka Tano from the Clone Wars will turn up the season based on recent reports. Um, so we have a tentative release date of October 2020. Um, I'm fine with that. I really am. You know, it's a little over seven months from now. Um, I can wait. I don't know about it you. Gives, it gives us plenty of time to get caught up on our canon novel readings and canon comic readings. Exactly. Exactly. Which for you Padawans listening, especially in this time of self-quarantine, social distancing, self-reflection, self-reflection as well, there is a plethora of quality canon Star Wars comics and novels that you can pick up and read. And 
I couldn't recommend them enough because there is such a wealth of content available to you that you're guaranteed to find something that you'll love and you're here because you like Star Wars. So take with that what you will. There is so much available to you at at, at a tap of the finger on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, what have you. If you want recommendations, DMs, please. I completely agree, man. Um, all, All I can add to that, you know, use this time that we have to enrich your love of Star Wars among you know everything else you have to do, everything else you want to do. Listen, there. I love The Office. There is no need to rewatch The Office for the third time. I know. <laughs> you know, so dig into the canon, dig into the material, because there's so many golden nuggets out there for you. Um, so and the- everyone's everyone's tastes are different. I know. For us, we're prequel fanboys, so. Books like Master and Apprentice and Dooku are our bread and butter personally, but for you, uh, that you could f- you could find some uh, original trilogy content that could be right up your alley. Things that focus on Leia or whoever your favorite character is. I I can almost guarantee you, if you can think of your favorite character right now, just think of your favorite character. Mm-hmm. Google that character canon novel or that character canon comic you'll find something that you will love uh so that's your homework bad ones completely agree yeah so seriously um so to get back into the mandalorian a little bit um what are some things that you personally are excited for jeff with the mandalorian season two i'm as i said as we've covered ahsoka I am just beside myself to see how they treat her character, how they incorporate her character. Dave Filoni is back for season two, so I'm sure it will be very well done. Um, That's his character, and I'm sure the treatment that they will give her live-action version will be perfect. I'm very excited to see that. Uh, Moff Gideon. Can we just let's just talk about Moff Gideon for a second, man? Man, like, I'm so hyped to see yeah. more to see more of that dark saber. Yeah, dude. When I when I saw when I saw that dark saber when I saw that dark saber just cut out of that Tie Fighter, it was so crazy just seeing it in live action for the first time. It it's what we deserve, honestly, as as fans. It's what I don't even know if we deserve that, honestly. The way that this <laughs> <laughs> the way that this fan base has been just clawing at each other's necks. My God, maybe we don't even deserve something that great. I would probably agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Moff Gideon, though, and just the Imperials in general in in the Mandalorian are a very interesting anomaly because Jon Favreau, when he was in various interviews and uh, leading up to the Mandalorian... He described the power structure of the Star Wars universe in this period of time, five years after Return of the Jedi, as something akin to Rome after the fall of the Empire. Uh, No true centralized power, no true order, just 
disarray in general, but there are still those loyalists and remnants of the empire that remain. Who do they answer to? That's my question, you know? Exactly. Yeah, and by reading, I know not everyone, especially a lot of folks um, that watch The Mandalorian, not everyone reads all the canon novels and the comics like we do, Uh, but to provide a little insight, you know, at this time, the New Republic is faltering. The First Order is, you know, beginning to become on the rise. Um, and there there really is no control. There is no... A lot of different people are grasping for control. Exactly. And that is... That's where we're at in and Mando. There, there's no centralized power on the fringes of the galaxy in the locations that the Mandalorian takes place. Exactly. exactly. And I'm going to get into my predictions and theories yeah go ahead with with the imperial remnants so i think and as some of you may have noticed with dr pershing i believe the character's name is uh who was doing the experiments on baby yoda for the client i believe the character's name is uh, either way he was very protective of baby yoda uh, saying, you know, if it weren't for me, he'd already be dead. You know, please don't hurt him. He's just a child. Uh, that character, which some of you may have noticed, is the patch on his sleeve. If you go back, you look at his sleeve, his jacket. That patch is the same logo that you see on Camino, where Camino featured in episode two, Attack of the Clones where the clones were in fact created. So if we into it, it could be that maybe Yoda himself is a clone of Yoda. Maybe the cloning technology is used for perhaps a certain emperor. Uh, there are so many possibilities and I think, We'll definitely get a glimpse. I don't think we're going to get answers this season for questions that big. We're we're getting there. But if we know now, um, this isn't really a spoiler, that Emperor Palpatine, when we see him in Episode Nine, is in fact a clone of the original Palpatine, then how were they able to develop that technology? That's a fair uh, question. Um, uh, I'm actually looking over... So many, yeah, so many different possibilities for that. I'm actually looking right now um, at some pictures, and I see a picture of a, of a child clone from Episode 2 and Dr. Pershing, and the patch is similar, but it's not exact. You have the two symbols that look like an I and an L on both right. of the shoulders, but the shape of the patch is different, and it seems that there's a line on Dr. Pershing's patch under the I and the L, um, or what, what, what looks to be an I and an L. Um, but honestly, in Star Wars, when there are things that are that similar you have to assume some connection especially given the 20 odd years difference and if i'm completely off base i mean i'm happy to be because the possibilities right now at the conclusion of season one are so limitless and i'm uh i'm very excited to see where they take that little nugget Mm -hmm. Uh, it could be nothing but so that patch, Probably I just something. looked it up. It says that it's the clone army project emblem um, worn by all clones, essentially. So. so take with that what you will. But I think 
there has to be something with, uh, you know, if Baby Yoda himself isn't a clone, they must be using some, maybe his Force essence. I mean, we're getting into the weeds here, but in Episode Nine, you saw Palpatine absorb the Force essence of Rey and Ben Solo to become, uh, I guess you can say more powered up i mean like he he was a weak shell of a person of a clone uh when we see him and after he absorbs their force essence the the essence of their dyad you see the color return to his eyes and he's able to strike the rebel the not even rebel fleet the the people that uh, were attacking the final order yeah um, yeah, you know, just people. Just people. <laughs> so it could have something to do with that. You know, like maybe the clone templates are just empty shells of people and they're trying to infuse them with some force energy. I know we're, you know, it's getting weird now, but anything's possible now. <laughs> yeah, man, I completely agree. Uh, I think especially after what we saw with Baby Yoda using the force in season one, Anything is really fair game, and I love that. I, I love that they teased the Force healing before Episode 9, because I, I know. Can, dude, I can guarantee that if we all saw Episode 9 and hadn't had that little nugget beforehand, the internet would have freaked out. Been I like, think how? that was intentional. I think it was. I think it was, because if you think about it, that episode dropped like two weeks before the movie released. So it might they, have been one week. It, I mean, it, it, it might have been. But the thing yeah. is, is if, if everyone had seen The Rise of Skywalker, not having been exposed to that little bit of knowledge, that little nugget, I think everybody would have freaked out saying, you know, J.J. Abram messing up the Force again, this, this, and that. But now that they saw it in Clone Wars, a little more of a palatable medium, I might, I might word it, then it became more acceptable to see it in Episode Nine. So I really think there's going to be more interesting uses of the Force in Season 2. Um, again, I think we're going to see some great interactions between Baby Yoda and Ahsoka now that we are fairly certain that Ahsoka will be making an appearance. Um, I cannot wait to see Moth Gideon with his Darksaber go up against whatever lightsaber user we're going to see. You know, probably Ahsoka. Ahsoka with her two white lightsabers against Moth Gideon with the Darksaber. I also oh think... Oh, man. How about oh. this? Here's a hot take. By the end of season two, we're gonna see Mando with the dark saber. Oof! Just oof. <laughs> that ah, oh, that would be something else, man. Honestly, um, I don't think that Mando is gonna have force powers, but I think no. he's gonna get the dark saber. And I wonder, I I wonder if Moff Gideon is really the big bad. That's kind of what I was, th those are the questions that I was kind of posing a second ago, right? Like, who does Moff Gideon answer to? Does he answer to the Sith Acolytes that are worshipping and trying to clone and replicate Palpatine? Uh, does, is he just a, a mob boss with a Imperial following? Like, is, that, is he essentially a glorified mob boss? Um, it's really hard to say. Um, well, so we know 
through multiple canon sources that a lot of these ex-imperials, the ones that weren't arrested by the New Republic, uh, they were just kind of left to the fringes of society at this time. And right. they ended up just becoming, you know, crime lords, and they ended up forming their own crime syndicates because the jobs that were done by these crime syndicates were jobs that the stormtroopers were particularly good at. And Moff Gideon, being a, formal, a former Imperial Moff, he would have been in prime position to be running one of these syndicates. Yeah, and in Battlefront 2 with Inferno Squadron, we see that with Iden Versio as well. Exactly. Um, the commander of Inferno Squad. Um, she and another member of her uh, squadron, Dell, I believe, yep. they get into some craziness uh, in... You know, please, you know, if you haven't already, play the campaign of Battlefront 2 if you get the chance. It's a great little nugget of canon that explains and shows what at least one of the ex-Imperials did after the Battle of Endor. Uh, very interesting stuff. Um, won't get into that today, but just a little example of... Would you say that it's a good story for another time? I would say so, Maz. Mm. <laughs> so do you have any other hot takes or, or predictions for season two i definitely do um i would say that because also according to deadline i'm going to read the second paragraph here or a sentence from the second paragraph here insiders have hinted that several established characters from the skywalker saga's feature films mythology will make appearances during the show's sophomore season. Okay, so we don't know who the insiders are. We don't know what characters these will be. But I'm just going to say it right here. We're going to see Boba Fett. He lives. And we'll see him. I think the character that with the boots that we heard clanking at the end of what episode was that? Um, I think the character with the clinking and clanking boots in the sort of post credit scene after chapter 5 of Mando. Uh, the one that was walking to pick up uh, the female assassin Fennec Shand. That was definitely Boba Fett. I mean, let's be real. Um, I think that would be insane. I think that's who it's going to be. It needs man. to be him. I mean, he, listen, Boba Fett has been a Star Wars fan favorite ever since he was introduced in the Empire Strikes Back. And I wasn't around for it, granted, but from what I heard, you know, everybody was so upset when he was just written off in the beginning of episode six. And I think to we bring never him, saw a dead body though. Never exactly in Star Wars, when you don't see a body, you don't know that they're dead. For the same reason that I will hold true to the idea that Captain Phasma survived. <laughs> and when we get a re-release in twenty five years. They're going to bring her back, and they're going to give her the proper death in The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that would be... Yeah, that'd be something else. And I think interestingly there's... enough, yeah. interestingly enough, if you look at our Twitter replies to our tweet asking about what people thought um, would happen in Mando Season 2, Twitter user at Roger True said, maybe a visit from B. Fett. I know it sounds predictable, but you never know. Well, listen, at Roger True, we completely, completely agree. I think it's highly likely. Highly likely. I'm not saying it's a shoe in or a definite, but highly, highly likely. 
I don't even know if it's likely because you never know with Lucasfilm, but it is surely desirable. I mean, why else would they put in a small little post? I think that's the only episode with a little post credit scene. Um, because, you know, all of these episodes were formatted similarly. Uh, Mando and Baby Yoda would have their adventure on a planet. They would make a harrowing escape and they'd fly away in the Razor Crest, which is, by the way, my new favorite ship in Star Wars. Um, but what? after they fly off is that, is at that, the end of that episode. Is that ahead of the Falcon? If we're talking looks, yes. It is a beautiful ship. Get out um, of here. I, ah, come on, Go man. On. Look at the Razor Crest. Go on and get. No. Listen, no, listen. It is a beautiful ship. All right, you're being a normie now. You're defending the Falcon. I'm having a listen, having a moment here, man. Listen, it is second to the Falcon, in my opinion. It is my second favorite ship. I will give you that. I'm just going to say it's my favorite, man. All right, I'll, it is. listen, I will, I'll allow it. I'll allow you to have a different opinion than me. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. But getting back to what I was saying... After we see them fly away, that's usually the end. That's, you know, roll credits. The screen cuts to black, and we see at the end a pair of boots. Don't we hear spurs, clinking and, Yeah, we hear spurs clinking and clanking to, pin up, to pick up the assassin, Fennec Shand. So, and it was on Tatooine. Where did we last see Boba Fett? On Tatooine. Tatooine. So, you never know. Take with that what you feel. Take with that what you will, Padawans. Yeah, I, I think it's probably Boba Fett. And if there's anything I want to see besides Ahsoka, Baby Yoda, and the Darksaber being totally badass, it is Boba Fett. I, I gotta be real. That'd be something else. That would be. And this uh, source on Deadline, This again, going back to the same sentence because there's so much to unpack with one sentence. Several established characters, plural, from the Skywalker Saga's feature films mythology will make appearances. So do you have any wild card guesses, Obi, for other uh, major Skywalker Saga characters? Yeah, of course. Mace Windu. Oh my okay. You you took wild card literally, man. <laughs> Explain. We never saw a body. I guess that's the, all the explanation you really need. <laughs> Dude, we could, we, could do, we could do an entire episode on Star Wars conspiracy theories. I mean, yeah, um, that would be something else. It would be. Uh, no, listen, I think it. I don't. Wild. I don't know if it would be Mace Windu per se. I don't think it would actually be him. He'd probably <laughs> be in his seventh. He, he'd probably be. He was sixty years old at the time of the prequels. No way. Yep. Revenge of the Sith. He was sixty. Yep. I Man, he had some like. Some force yeah, secrets. Some what was it like? <laughs> force moisturizer. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. I, my God. But uh, he would probably be around what, like um, eighty-five, seventy-five. Uh, so, yeah, eighty-five. Yeah. Uh, so it wouldn't be Sam, Sam Jackson. I mean, maybe it would be Sam Jackson, just digitally aged. It's doable. He'd be um, as shriveled up as like an ugnot. Oh, true. But that'd be some wild stuff. That would be. Who do you think for original trilogy characters that could possibly be in it? So I was just thinking, original trilogy characters are tough. 
because those are all near and dear to Star Wars characters, uh, Star Wars characters, Star Wars fans' hearts. And a lot of those actors are obviously much older now, so it would be a lot harder to portray, uh, you know, let's say Luke Skywalker five years after uh, Return of the Jedi uh, or any of those other core original trilogy characters, you know? Um, there would have to be a lot of expensive digital de-aging involved to include any of them. They would have to be cameo appearances uh, for any of those core sort of non-alien characters. It'd be a lot easier for a character like... Like Ahsoka to show up. Like Ahsoka Especially or... because we've never seen her in live action. Yeah, So we have nothing exactly. to base her on. And before, she was a cartoon character. So you can have more... There's a lot of license. liberty. Exactly. Yep. And who else <laughs> to have that creative? Who else R2 to have D2. that creative? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. R2-D2. Uh, C-3PO. C-3PO. That's possible. Those those would be some prime cameos. That's Well, sure. since we're on Tatooine a lot of the time, maybe like Force Ghost Watto. <laughs> 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 Little Yoda? Little Yoda! <laughs> hey, Dijarin! <laughs> uh, Force Ghost Watto? Uh, probably no. not. Probably not. Probably, probably not. Um, it's possible for someone like Admiral Akbar, you know, to make an appearance. Uh, any sort of like non human characters. From like Chewbacca, it'd be pretty easy to get Chewbacca. Um, right. But those actors, you know, it, I'm not gonna say it's like disrespectful or like it's definitely strange to do the digital de aging thing. I was thinking about this during my reading of um, Dooku. Like, small side note that we will surely get to in a future pod. Um, I was thinking about the possibility of if Disney ever wanted to do a live action Disney Plus series of that Dooku play. It would it it is just prime for that. Check it out, Padawans. But uh having the present the air quotes present day Dooku would be impossible without the late and great Christopher Lee. As much as it would be a perfect series, it's just not doable without the original talents. You know, uh, it's not disrespectful to use their like their likeness. Well, I, I mean, they it's did weird it. though. It, it's weird. You know, with Peter Cushing and Rogue One, it was so cool, but weird. You know, right? But I mean, listen, in the Clone Wars, well, actually. So Christopher Lee did do Star Wars: The Clone Wars originally. He did the he did the voice for the movie, and so yeah. did Sam Jackson for the movie. Right. Um, but then you have Corey Burton doing it for the series, and I think like I don't know, it worked fine. You know. Yeah. And you and, could find and, someone that yeah. looked like Christopher Lee. I suppose it would it would be weird because you know he hasn't been with us for a few years now, um, and just dub the voice. I mean, it could be done. It is doable. And also, without getting into spoilers for Dooku, 
a lot of it focuses on his origin and life. So you could just cast a young Dooku and then not really do the present day Dooku stuff. Yeah, so just adapt it to be like Dooku yeah. a Star Wars story and just have his origin yeah. story. Which would which, would which be I want that desperately. Right. Desperately, will, desperately. We will want save that. that for another episode though. Yes, we will. Um one thing that I'm excited for with, with the Mandalorian, um and that I wasn't sure that they'd be able to pull off with season one. And they re- I mean they really didn't, but it's great they're doing it now, is tying it into the rest of the Star Wars lore. Right. Right? The rest of the Skywalker saga. They start yeah, they started off very remote, very sort of disconnected from the Skywalker saga. And then it didn't it actually didn't really take that long for them to get into some familiar territory with a young Jedi uh, and other familiar themes. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just going to make the Mandalorian fit that much more into the Star Wars saga. And I'm really excited for it. Yeah. And if we're talking Endgame for the series as a whole, it's... Th- I didn't gather my thoughts before I suggested that. Mandalorian Jedi. Is that is that a serious take? No. Okay. Oh my god, I thought you were ready to get into that. So, Obi, what are your thoughts on uh, Disney and Lucasfilm using the sort of digital likeness of actors, either living or deceased, to bring back some you know legendary characters? And how would you feel about that in season two of Mando? Sure. So it depends, right? Are you asking me as a Star Wars fan or as a law student? Give me both. Okay. Um, <laughs> so as a law student, definitely it's a bit of some tricky territory. Um, you have to work a lot with the estates of the deceased, you know, to get those permissions and work out the work out the details. Um, but also just kind of ethically to take someone who's been deceased for a number of years and to present their likeness as if it is them and giving them credit in a work that they had no knowledge of, that's a bit of a moral gray area. Um, now, I th- Yeah, and keep going. And I, and I just think, as a Star Wars fan, conversely, it is really cool. Um, I thought it was so cool to see Peter Cushing back as Tarkin in Rogue One and Leia both in Rogue One and in um, Rise of Skywalker to bring her likeness back. Um, or unused footage. Unused footage is another possibility for bringing an actor back. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, there is a bit of a moral gray area. But at the end of the day, like if they get permission from the family and the details are all worked out, I don't particularly have a problem with it. Imagine. I mean, you've re- I have not read it yet, but you've read Bloodline. Imagine seeing Senator Organa, man. Like maybe season three or, or something like that. Like I think that would be. Uh, oh, I thought you meant like seeing a live action Bloodline, which would yes. be awesome. Well, uh, well, that, but somehow incorporated in a roundabout way in Mando. So we did get a couple of New Republic references in Mando towards the beginning. Actually, uh, they were sort of the butt of the joke when Grief Karga handed Mando some New Republic credits as payment. Mando scoffed, didn't accept, uh, claiming that the New Republic was, in fact, a joke and they had no real power. So 
it would be interesting to see, even if it was a brief cameo moment, um, Senator Organa. I want that. Uh, and the, I would want that. I would be okay with that as a fan. It would be weird for Carrie Fisher, obviously, and her family. And you mentioned the moral gray area of it. But imagine bringing those sort of story beats, even if just a couple of story beats, from something like Bloodline and incorporating it into Mando. Well, there is a bit of a time difference between Mando and Bloodline. This I wouldn't know. Please. Right. Yeah, man, that's obviously something that I wouldn't know. Um, fill us in. Yeah, so bit. there is a bit of a time difference. I'm not exactly sure um, how close to The Force Awakens Bloodline takes place. All I can remember is that... Which um, Bloodline, by the way... Is a novel... Uh, from a non-reader uh, and a reader here. Sure, so Bloodline is a novel by Star Wars novelist Claudia Gray, and it tells the story of Senator... Leia Organa, um, dealing with some galactic hijinks, um, we see, uh, without getting into spoiler territory, we see the beginnings of a lot of the conflicts that we see in the sequel trilogy. So kind of the formation of a lot of those conflicts. And the New Republic. Exactly. And the First Order. Exactly. And all of that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So there is a bit of a time difference. Um, as you just said previously, the Mandalorian season one takes place about five years after Return of the Jedi. Um, and I think there's another 10 or so years um, after that, that uh, Bloodline takes place. Because okay. at the time, Ben is training with Luke. I see. Yeah. Which, that's a whole nother thing that I want to get into at some point. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners would also like to discuss um, the possibility of seeing Ben Solo in training. I don't mm -hmm. know how that would be portrayed. We, it was portrayed a little bit in the, in the rise of Kylo Ren, but um, sure. again, there's just so much. Sure. Do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap up today on Mandalorian Season 2? I think that's it, man. I am so excited for October. It can't come soon enough. Ahsoka Tano. Live action. Teaching Baby Yoda the ways of the Force. Give me that right now. I want to watch it yesterday, man. Dude, inject it into my veins. I'm so ready for it. <laughs> In the meantime, we got a lot of A1 Star Wars content coming to you guys from the Jedi Jargon Podcast. If you like what you heard, remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Jedi Jargon Pod and subscribe to us on Spotify and the podcast app. Leave us a five-star rating if you feel so inclined um, and tell your friends because the only, well, the only way we're going to spread is if you guys tell those that you care about about our podcast. Um, that'll just about do it for us here. On the Jedi Jargon Podcast, we will see you next time. And remember, the pod will be with you, always. Mm -hmm.